0: Welcome back everybody to the Dudes and Drinks podcast. We're back again with the spooky season special, the SSS special, triple S high quality. Anyway, this this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about setting the atmosphere out of game. So, not 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 necessarily like describing your scenes, but just getting everybody in the D&D mood, the spooky season spirit. SSS Spooky Season Special. Anyways, let's hop right on into it, as is tradition. Let's talk about our drinks. Tyler, what are you up to tonight? Drinking a gallon of green tea. More green tea. More green tea.
1: Straight wow. from the fucking tap, dude. Yeah, I have a half gallon, or I have a full gallon. That's halfway gone in my hand right now. How
0: how, how much how much of that green tea do you go through? Um,
1: I don't know. I guess it depends on how fast I, how, how fast I drink it. I drink a lot of water alongside it. But gotta avoid those kidney stones. Yeah, and for every for every swig of tea, I take two of water.
0: All right, Tony. What are you up to tonight? Um, first off, Brad, are you okay? Uh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay. I'm just
2: saying that uh. Intro was rather interesting. but Yeah, um, I get a
0: little bit into it sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. How,
2: how many glasses of wine are you in?
0: I'm about one and a half.
2: Okay, fair enough. I'm going to finish off this bottle. Um, Sorry ahead of time if you hear any additional noise. My dog decided that she wanted to be in my lap for this episode, so. um, She's a little too big to be a lap dog. But, okay, I am drinking for this episode. You guessed it. Another fucking whiskey sour. Um,
0: for real this time or are you just saying that for
2: real this time yeah Um, I decided to actually measure it out this time because I figured why the fuck not Um, so it's a shot of whiskey a shot of lemon juice a shot of lime juice a shot of Um, simple syrup a shot of grenadine and then um, uh, this part I didn't measure It was some, what's it called? The carbonated shit, (sighs) club soda. Yeah, yeah. I added some club soda in there for that for that fizziness, for a little bit of bite, and it's pretty good. It tastes pretty similar to like the normal. um, Actually, it it tastes exactly like the normal whiskey sours I make. So somehow I just eyeball those measurements every other time but yeah pretty good it's a little different than normal whiskey sours I've seen but it's just I don't know it's my own spin on it that I kind of took from uh, what our good friend Larry makes and then I kind of altered it a bit but yeah pretty good I recommend it um
0: yeah Brad how about you today I have a dry white wine called Sin Sin and Dolly, Sin and Sinandali. Sin it's from Georgia again not the state the country it's it's pretty fucking good actually uh, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of whites I like the reds a little bit more uh, this this is pretty good when it comes
2: to reds there's a Bola wine that I've tried I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember Oh, I think it was a Carbonet Sauvignon Sauvignon um, Or Sauvignon Carbonet Yeah uh, I don't know what the fucking order those words are I just this those two words Really good um, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast before I just have not had it in a hot minute um, I saw it at the liquor store the other day And I was like, oh, I should get that again But I didn't I got whiskey instead so,
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's hop right into this. So, whenever I do special D&D sessions, one of the things that I'm a big fan of is snacks. You know, it's, it's borderline critical to have a successful special session, if you ask me. Whether that be, you know, pizza, chips, or something something a little bit special. I think snacks are really important. What do you guys think? What are your favorite snacks? Oreos. Um, Oreos. Oreos are good. Um,
1: spooky season. Oreos are black. You Have more milk. It's a nice contrasting color. Especially the spooky orange Oreos.
2: Like the yeah. Filling. yeah, that's that's the good stuff. And you go get me some Oreos. Um, a nice, like, charcuterie board spread is nice, too. <laughs> Meats As you mentioned. Cheeses. So um, some crackers. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Charcuterie, sorry. Charcuterie board. I forgot the E at the a end. Char-cooter. A charcuter. A charcuter. Charcuter. Shark coochie. Shark
1: <laughs> Hey, Dude, Brad. I'm, I'm always, yeah. Brad,
2: for our next D&D session, can you make us a shark coochie board?
0: Shark coochie board? A shark course, coochie for bro- you. <laughs> Anything. A, a Shussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, once we once we start playing in person again, you know, I'm going to start bringing snacks.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to be able to be in person with you
0: guys whenever you start doing uh, that fuck. again. You're right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the reason. Anyway, we're getting off track um so yeah so setting up the theme for sessions uh snacks like you said do go a long way um i feel like that's any kind of get together especially if you're doing it for halloween themed then you can definitely follow a lot of like the similar themes that um you would for not sorry not halloween themed but spooky themed or horror themed. you could follow a lot of the themes that you normally would for say like a halloween party so like For drinks, make sure it's very dark red drinks that kind of mimic blood in a way or something like that to kind of get that essence across. So like red wines, um, juices, if you're not of age to drink. Um, Yeah, Uh, I think that's one of the best ways to kind of get the point across with food, at least.
0: One of my favorite snacks I've ever brought into D&D. Uh, were those uh, caprese scre- uh, skewers? They're like the little mozzarella balls, the basil, and like the little cherry tomatoes. Yeah. I thought the- in, the- in the balsamic glaze. I think that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of that stuff. You know. Yeah,
1: we haven't really like in our sessions. We we barely really done stacks. Like, we we always stop to eat like before or after. But we haven't really done, like, snacks throughout it as much. Like, well, we did that one time whenever we brought, like, cookies and... Or, like, whenever we brought, like, the... Um, yeah, like, cookies and, uh,
0: like, the sweets. But that, I think that was, like, one of the only times we've done that. So, for for spooky spooky snacks... Uh, maybe it's not spooky, but maybe it's a little bit more thematic, at least atmospheric. Uh, people often talk about, you know, we're in the spirit of dudes and drinks. People often talk about, like, a health potion... Drinks, right? You get like little potion bottles. You can make like some like red-looking drink and call mm-hmm. it a health potion. You know, uh, I, I always wanted to do that. I, 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 a lot of fun. I hate it. I hate it so much. Health potions
1: are worthless. They're so <laughs> it's true, dude. Can you... But they're very you... thematic. I was expecting you to go off on a tangent about how useless health potions were, and that, me... and that they shouldn't be brought as thematic items to a No, table. no. Okay,
0: <laughs> let me. Now that you bring it up. Let me clarify my thoughts here. Uh, health potions are pretty good because, you know, it's basically gold buying a spell slot. They're not good to, like, actually heal, but, you know, it's a good substitute for, like, a, you know, cure wounds or something. No. Not, not as good as a, um, what do you call it, a healing word, though, because healing word has a range and it's a bonus action. Healing potions are still melee and still an action, so whatever. It's a better cure wounds. It's a worse healing word. <laughs> it's, it's it's eating while fighting a boss. <sighs>
2: that it is. Um, in terms of, like, making a drink, like, that mimics a health potion, that recipe I just gave for a whiskey sour looks pretty red. It looks like a health potion. Is it red? Yeah. The It's, it's interesting, because, like, you get... The whiskey, you get the browns in there. And then, whenever you throw in, obviously, the club soda and the simple syrup, that's clear. So, that's not going to really add much. But you have the kind of like the dull uh, yellows whenever you put in the lime juice and the lemon juice. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but the grenadine, as soon as you pour that in, it pretty much just takes over the entire glass color wise.
0: Most interesting. So,
2: yeah. But yeah, Um, so beyond food and drinks uh, kind of adding to the table, um, what would the next logical step be to uh, create more of an atmosphere? So I know that we mentioned um, we have talked in the past the kind of. Lighting and music, but in your guys' opinion, which one would be kind of the, the next most important one to kind of prioritize?
1: Music. And yeah. some, something audio. Because, mm-hmm. like, 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 lighting, it can work, um, but it's definitely less of a, it's like, sensory input. In terms of like in terms of being able to associate it with the game, it's less effective because like you're, you're able to change like the brightness of, a, of the light or like the color but like it's harder it like that that requires that requires everybody to make that connection between that color or brightness to the game you're playing. instead music do, pretty much does it automatically as soon as you hear it. your brain immediately can register it as connection. So like it's not just music; it's also just just sound. Just like you're walking through a busy town, or you're in a cave, and you have you know you you hear like water droplets and bats, and you know like your your brain can instantly take you there in term with sound instead of uh, just like ambient lighting.
2: Yeah, in terms of like recognition and like nostalgia and stuff like that, like the first one definitely is like. St- Your sense of smell, right? So, like, your sense of smells like one of your biggest triggers of memories and stuff like that, and being able to kind of transport you to not locations, but theoretical locations, Um, spaces that those scents are tied to, and I feel like sounds is kind of the next step down that will kind of help transport a person either to a past memory, a location, something like that. So I do think sounds is kind of a very important next step.
1: I in terms of D, sounds should be before smells.
2: Well no 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 that's what I mean. That that's why that's why I was saying like since you can't emulate smells within at the table without describing them. That's why music should be the next step of the Thing that you got like, it. That, that's what I meant. My I I don't do English you're, good.
1: You're, you're you're walking in the woods. I say as I pass around a piece of bark to everybody for <laughs> them to take a big old whiff.
2: You pass around a dead leaf.
1: <laughs> and pass around pass around some leaves and bark, so people can just shove their face into it. It's, it's a, just a bowl of I, I just scoop a bowl of like, like I, I dirt. just scoop like the surface of like 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 the woods out back into a bowl and just let you smell it. That's <laughs> I just have Tupperware containers. <laughs> you just have Tupperware containers of of
2: environments. <laughs> and when you out. when you when you get to the necromancer <laughs> lair, you just whip out a Tupperware just fill with a blo- like a red liquid.
1: It's just like a dead it's like a off finger.
2: Or a dead rat. I feel like that'd be a bit more easier to attain than a uh, a finger. But yeah, so what is some of your guys's go-to either music or sounds to help create either an ambience or, like, to heighten moments or to kind of either heighten the moods or somber the moods a little bit?
0: So I don't really use music too much for, like, in-person sessions because um, I often find it gets really distracting and kind of, like, confuses people. Um during a session uh, however, whenever I do online, I'm a little bit more open to music just because you know people generally have the option to like mute it individually if they so want, uh, which is you know a little bit nicer yeah I, I don't
1: do music in person i do I do ambient noise like 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 just like a really really low speaker of like like just like ambience not not specifically like battle like i don't I don't do battle music if that's what you're asking.
2: No, I wasn't asking any specifics. I was asking kind of in general what type of things do you use to yeah. either evoke um, certain feelings or get certain points across. Yeah. Um, if you if you pick the right ambient music, it pretty much turns into white
1: noise. Yeah. Battle music is the direct opposite. Battle music forces you to hear it so you feel a certain way.
2: Yeah, I'm which not. Which can be distracting. The, the more I DM, the less I'm liking um, using battle music. Because like, yes, it's distracting. It can overpower the things. I really liked whenever we did our first session of the evil campaign and I just had, it was raining after a certain point. Well, at the beginning of the campaign uh, or the session, you guys were in a desert. So I just had a windy desert sounds going and then eventually starts raining. And I really liked just having that ambient raining noise in the background. I feel like that really just kind of
0: helped. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm much more open to like ambient sounds rather than like specific like battle music or anything. Um, one thing that you can do with like online tabletops is set up sound effects for certain things. Um, you know, like doors opening, or you know maybe like whenever you do like your combat macro, you could play a little like you know sword slash sound or something to go along with it. Uh, I think those are really cool if you want to you know put up a little bit of the work for it, but. Yeah, I generally stay away from, like, longer music pieces.
2: Yeah, it's. I need to start, like, veering away from them. I have been lately. Um, moving forward, probably going to avoid them more and more. Uh, I'll probably only use music pieces when necessary and save them for the more impactful moments. And even then, make sure they don't overpower the uh, anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want it to be overpowering. You know, you don't want it to take away. You want it to add. So now let, let's talk about the other one that we kind of skipped over uh, in favor of, of music. Uh, let's talk a little bit about lighting. So generally, if you're in person, you want it to be bright uh, because people need to be able to like see their character sheet. Uh, and if they're having a hard time, you know, seeing their character sheet. slow Slow. yeah it's a pain in the butt to play
2: yeah I think when it comes to RP and times whenever it's not as important to like look at the character sheet I think it's perfectly acceptable to kind of like dim the lights a little bit more um if if the if the tone allows for it um to kind of dim the lights and kind of set that type of setting um i also feel like using natural lighting instead of uh electric lights so using either candles sunlight using kind of that type of light is probably can set the mood a bit better as well um but yeah being able to still look at your character sheet is very very very
0: important yep i agree but like you know, playing D and D in like a you know like a dim, dark room. I think you know it sets a big mood. You know, uh, it's like a little bit like stereotypical like dark basement playing D and D, but like it's it's really cool. Just you know like thematically, I guess. Um, I, I would totally be open to do like mood lighting uh, for some sort of like like one shot specifically a spooky one shot, <laughs> spooky season. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. That uh, the ten candle system is literally based around that premise, where the only light in the room should be those ten candles, and then as the game progresses and those candles go out, it gets darker and darker and darker until you're playing under like the light of like one tiny little tea candle, uh, and like the whole whole table's crowded around it in order to like see stuff. So, uh, I'm a big fan of that. I think that sounds really fun.
2: Yeah, I really want to try that sometime. That
0: sounds interesting to me. Yeah. So other things that help add to, like, the experience and build atmosphere. Uh, so in, in in line with that um, 10 candles thing, uh, I think, like, the table setup can often matter a lot. Uh, you know, whenever... They, they uh, Tony, forgive me. Uh, I'm about to talk to Critical Role again. Uh, you will often see as as they're doing things, the players will talk to the people and make like snappy little comments that don't necessarily need like the whole attention of like the party, uh, but they'll give these comments to the people sitting next to them, uh, sp- but more specifically than the people everywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So. I definitely think the experience can be, like, improved if you kind of have good synergies while sitting within a good proximity of the people you're playing with. Um, Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, directly next to them. It could also mean maybe across the table if you're on both sides. Uh, Because I know sometimes in Larry's campaign... Um, me and Tyler often sit on the opposite side of the table, and as stuff happens and we like start like thinking about stuff, me and Tyler will just like look at each other and be like, "Holy shit, are you hearing this?" And I think that's that's really really fun. I, I think it adds a lot to the game.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, having that kind of synergy. <clears throat> um, as far as like the beyond that though, in terms of table setup. Um I think having props is also an amazing way to kind of create an atmosphere within game. Um because there's something there's something there's just something about having an actual item in your hand or having like a piece of paper that like references the item that they're talking about instead of it it just being read off and you have to take a note real quick being able to actually have something tangible I help also I feel like also helps it just helps <laughs> if that makes sense yeah <clears throat> I'm
1: a big fan of props personally like anytime I send my players on uh, anytime I sent past tense players on like quests that they got from like notice boards or from official figures i would always like have like a parchment paper background to a printout kind of deal so it wouldn't and then like have like a specific like like almost like hand like i would even
0: handwrite some notes yes yes props and stuff are a great way to get people into it um so i i read this story a long time ago um, about how somebody ended up introing into their campaign. Uh, so the premise was the party was gonna get get to meet each other at like some dinner party or something, right? Um, and prior to the campaign starting, like you know, like before session zero or whatever, um, the DM ended up sending them to like their real life houses uh, like a, a fancy looking letter with like a wax seal inviting their characters to like the session zero being like, like, welcome welcome to the campaign. Let's go to a dinner party. And they invited them as if they were like preparing for a dinner party. And I just think that's the neatest thing ever. That sounds so freaking cool.
2: Yeah, something like that just really adds to the atmosphere and kind of adds. Yeah. It gets just people cool. excited. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, okay, so we talked about player props a decent bit um dm props what do you guys what if you were to use any props what would you lean toward using as a dm to set atmosphere for players like, like not like not not props for players props for your use that could affect the player's experience
0: mhm
2: i feel so, like so props that aren't for the players but just will help accent things you mean um, no I mean they,
1: they can also serve a purpose
2: well I mean like, like, I, guess, like I guess tolls
1: tolls um, and or props like stylish tolls like I'm thinking of along the lines of like, like
2: hourglasses hourglasses yeah like whenever they have a timer focus thing and you just have a timer you flip the timer um, like
1: countdown dice I use countdown dice all the time for like round counters. That that like that like they know something will be happening in one minute, or like or like or like, like 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 uh, uh, like like an, like a bunch of orcs are gonna be breaking through, like like the door of, like 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 a door, and you only have like so much time to prepare, and it's you 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 can sense it's gonna be about like 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 just a few seconds kind of thing yeah I've done that a few times um or it, it, it works well with traps too yeah because traps like 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 walls closing in you like, like you just you, you, you could definitely just have your players fall into a pit and then and then just just you guys feel like the ground rumble and you notice the room kind of feels like it's getting smaller, and then you just bring out a countdown die set on four and watch the players freak the fuck out. It's just just like, yeah, it's always a good one.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly personally would keep the amount of rounds they have secret until they're able to deduce, like, how fast the walls are closing in, then bring out the counter die. That's if they have a lot of rounds. If it's only going to take four rounds, then I'll probably bring it out then. I, th- I think that would add
1: a lot of, because like, because like, think of, like in the heat of the moment, I'm not going to be like like, hmm, how long do we have until the walls close? <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I'm not gonna. True. I don't think I'm gonna make the characters, like try try and like 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 do I like, do you know how much like hey DM do I know how much time we have. Yeah, go go ahead and use your turns action on a wisdom check, for for judging for taking six seconds to judge the amount of time you have to get out of the hole. It's like, dude, yeah. no, just just get out of the hole. <laughs> no,
2: I guess I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, beyond beyond stuff like that, like I'll have to think about it a little bit. But that's really I can't really think of anything else that the DM can use. Like one I thought about while you were talking was for whenever players find a chest with loot in it, having an actual physical chest with all the pieces of paper that have like the loot like the loot written on it in like a, um, yeah, that's a good one. an item block like format. And then whoever opens up the chest, you hand the entire chest to them and they can open it up and sort it through themselves. Yeah, um, that's a good one. But then you get the chest back of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The player and has then, to get the yeah. chest back and you reuse it, but they keep all the paper slips in it and they're able to redistribute them as they see fit because this does two things then this one allows the person who opens the chest to be the only one to know that what's in it um and two it just adds atmosphere it kind of makes it interesting sure the dm kind of misses out on reading like cool district descriptions of items but i think it adds a bit more being able to actually hand your players a chest and having them open it um but beyond that the only other thing i could think that the dm would quote-unquote exclusively use would be set pieces um so like terrain uh the maps stuff like that um a ship if the players are going to be on a ship um having physical representations of those pieces either one just a straight up flat map or having custom made like terrain tiles or purchasing them just having those extra depths I think we'll really round out those. Not, not just battle sequences, just like dungeon crawling experiences. To be able to actually see the dungeon and see it kind of created. I feel like that would add some more pizzazz to it. Yeah. I agree. Um, cool. Well, so. Now that we talked about all these different things that we can use to create an atmosphere, kind of set the tone. How would we take all of this that we talked about for in-person games
0: and convert it to an online adaption? So that's tricky because snacks, you know, if, if everybody's not sitting there enjoying it, you know, it gets a little hard. Yeah, it's not but, as fun. guess what we're doing right now? drinking dudes and drinks baby you just just make some snacks for yourself talk about your <laughs> snacks for yourself you know you get the same social benefits everybody gets the snack that they want it's a little bit less like a shared experience but you know it's just kind of that like individual you know thing to talk about so i think it's possible
2: yeah yeah the snacks the, out of all of them well snacks and table setup but we'll get the table set up in a second uh, snacks will be the most difficult one, I believe, to uh, like mimic and recreate within the online adaption. Um, lighting, that's also a bit more difficult to do. Um, again, that's kind of player-on-player player base. Uh, the only other way I feel like you could set the tone for lighting is by actually adjusting it within your maps that the players will share whether they be using foundry or roll 20 um or uh tailspire or any of those tabletop um simulators um, yeah, i
1: just I just, write a ma- I just write a macro that that dims people's monitors
2: dims people's monitors hacks into their smart lights and just dims yeah. them I just, I just
0: kind of, like, sneak to their house and then shut off their breaker box. Oh, yeah. Just just to see, you know? Yeah, just
2: to see. <laughs> um, we talked briefly on music. Uh, Brad, you did specifically about how you like to use music more on the online adaption because people can mute it themselves or turn it down themselves and kind of have their own control over it. So I feel like music is one of the easiest ones to actually achieve. Um at least in that sense you do miss out on if some people like have it completely muted then they miss out on all of the atmosphere which i think isn't really that beneficial so that is kind of one of the downsides of it but it also can help people stay focused a bit better because they can adjust the
0: volume to their liking yep yeah i think yeah music is definitely the easiest one to adapt online in fact i think it's better than in person but yeah (laughs) so then for the other one uh table setup, that's hard. That's hard because there's no physical presence. Everybody is next to everybody all the time, and you really miss out on some of that, like, nonverbal communication, which really sucks. That's that's definitely the biggest loss from playing online. Honestly, I, I kind of miss that sometimes.
2: I think one thing um, that... Um people can utilize is uh within discord actually uh you can set up priority speakers so that um either when they speak it quiets everyone else which would be really good for like dms um or i think there's also like you can make it so you push to make yourself priority um and what you could do is have it so that you Whenever someone is talking and like saying something like of value, whenever other people are kind of like having side comments or chit chats, they can prioritize themselves a little bit louder and kind of like be able to talk more directly to the DM if that makes sense. Um, Do not teach me how to do that because I will abuse it. I don't think you can do it unless
1: you're an admin. Fuck me. Or, or, uh, uh, well, it's role assigned.
2: Yeah. So, like, the admins um... can assign priority speaker to you. Um, but one of the other things I think for the table setup even though like this doesn't go as far as like being like who you're next to and stuff like that for table setup now this is almost solely on the DM's part like that they have to do but having quality battle maps or just maps in general that the players can interact with and explore I think is the best way to create an atmosphere in an online setting having a map that's well flushed out with all these little, like not hidden secrets, but details and different aspects to them. You get the lighting, you get the depth, you get um, everything, you set it up correctly. And like, I think that really adds a lot to it.
0: I mean, something, something easy that might really alleviate some of these is just turning on your like webcam, you know, like, a lot of like the, the live streamed D&D games typically have like the webcams, you know, get to see the people. Uh, and you know, that, that really helps bridge that, you know, nonverbal gap, so. Yeah, so I definitely think online is definitely doable, even if it's a little bit more of a pain in the ass. Cool. All right, so, last question. How do we bridge this back to preparing for a spooky session? So all of these things build atmosphere, and we've talked in a previous episode how 90% of the horror of any scary thing just comes from that, like, unsettled atmosphere. So take all of these things, make them spooky, and you'll make a spooky game, right? You know, yeah, okay, you, you could fight a werewolf, and that doesn't make it spooky. But if you fight a werewolf and it's dark in the room and you have this, like, haunting music playing and you just filled your belly up on, like, some spooky snacks, man, you you just got a a spooky session right there, you know? And, like, you add in, like, while the players are, like, walking through
2: the woods to hunt down this, um, werewolf, the DM can play some audio files of twig snapping and, um stuff like that like just really capitalizing on creating an atmosphere
0: will make Mm -hmm. things go a very long way and hey do I need to say it go go write a vignette you know that helps set the atmosphere as well sets the scene sets the mood man all this stuff ties in together you know I love it alright anyways thank you everybody for tuning in to this spooky season special of the Dudes and Drinks podcast. Thanks for listening to us talk a little bit about Atmosphere. I think we had some really cool ideas here. Perhaps we'll explore more about them in the future. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Discord or join our Discord, which you can find on our Twitter. And Send us an email, whatever you want. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time.